Well, the ushers can receive the tithes and the offerings. Well, good morning. How are you today? Oh, that's good. Pretty day out there, isn't it? It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. That's what I think Mr. Rogers would say that. Does anybody remember who he is or was? He's a good man, wasn't he? Fred Rogers helped a lot of little kids. Hey, do you have your Bibles with you? Do you bring your Bibles? If, if you have them, open them to Mark the 16th chapter. If you don't, they'll be on the, the scriptures will be on the screen. Notice Mark the 16th chapter and the 17th verse. Jesus is speaking here. And he said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name. Now there's some things he mentioned there and we could get into those things. But for the sake of time, skip to the last part of verse 18. In my name, notice the last part of verse 18. They who, the believer, will do what? Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now Jesus said that. He said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. And then, you know, and of course, you know, sometimes you skip scripture and people get nervous. Or, you know, that visitors don't know me. So let's look at it. They will take up serpents. Now, you know, if you bring a snake into this church, I've said it a hundred times, I, I, I going to say 101. I'm going to get a garden hoe and have my wife kill it. He's not talking about snake handling there, okay? You can't find the disciples or anybody handling snakes. You can't find Jesus handling snakes, can you? The only, the only thing you, you find there is Paul when he had a bunch of sticks there on the island that he was shipwrecked on and the, and the snake came out and bit him and what he didn't handle it. What did he do? He shook it off where? Into the fire okay um, what what that actually is talking about is having authority over demonic power okay actually if we could go back to verse 17 let's 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 skip back to verse 17 these signs will follow those who believe in my name they'll cast out demons now see right away people get nervous there because you know ooh, cast out demons uh, how many of you know there is a devil I mean, there, there is, and there's demons. And, and we've been here at this church, we've been here now for 23 years. And in the 23 year time, I've had to deal with, with a demonic case probably three times. Three, three times. See, um, uh, something that doesn't happen very often. You don't want to go to a church where they're casting out devils all the time. Is, can you say amen to that? those deliverance meetings and things, you go to those things, you're more likely to get a demon than to get set free of one, okay? You don't, you don't, you don't, look, you run with God and you walk with Him, eventually the devil will show up and when he does, you rebuke him in the name of Jesus and he'll flee, okay? And, and so, so we, we, I remember a, a situation where, uh, one, uh, uh, 
One Sunday I got up, I, back then I taught up here on the platform, I got up minding my own business and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart right on the inside. Now you stay, say that and then people get nervous. How many of you know the Holy Ghost is still alive and He'll speak to us through the written word first and foremost, but He'll also speak to you on the inside. And anything He tells you on the inside ought to line up with the word, is that right? If it don't line up with the word, then you miss God. Is, is that correct? But I stood up. Spirit of God said, there's somebody here. There's a spirit of suicide on. No more than I said that. A lady off to my left, as she was visiting that day, I'd never seen her before or since. But she shrieked. Just, just I mean, all made all the visitors and even the regular attenders nervous. I mean, and uh, hair stood up on the back of my neck. And we commanded the thing to leave and it left her and she was set free and delivered. Can you say amen? Is that wonderful? And then I dealt with another situation one time, standing almost right here on this spot. None of this is in my notes, but we're just flowing with the Holy Spirit today. Is that okay? And a lady came up, and and there was a demonic power. And uh, I remember when I stood in front of her, she was a visitor. Wasn't a church member, but she hissed at me like, like a snake. Made my ushers, scared them, scared me. I'm just as human as you are. What did you do, Pastor Terry? I rebuked it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I remember when I touched her, the power of God hit her, and and she fell like a sack of salt to the floor. Got up, delivered. Isn't that wonderful and set free? Isn't that wonderful? Now, see, right there, you're going to make a lot of people nervous. They're not not going to come back to the church just because I told that story. But, you know, Jesus went around and he set people free of the power of the devil, didn't he? I remember on that one, when I this will really entertain you I suppose that when I laid hands on that lady I saw in the spirit you know you can see things in the spirit sometimes you know you can and I saw like a black bird go out that way just in the spirit out that way I didn't say anything to anybody you know why because I didn't want anybody to think I was crazy when I'm standing back at the door greeting people a lady came up and she was thoroughly sound she was a math teacher at Eureka High School very sound you know you know there are some people that are a little goofy you know what I mean? They're always seeing stuff. Seeing things. Woo-hoo. If you walk with God, you're not always going to be seeing things. Occasionally you will. And she came up to me and she, she, was, she said, Pastor, Pastor, can I talk to you privately? So I just pulled off to the side there and she said, when you lay hands on that lady, she said, I saw like a black bird go out that way. Well, she saw over in the spirit too, see. But she got set free. The most astounding one that we've we've had along these lines was we had a girl come up and she had anorexia and nervosa. She was going to die. The doctor said she was going to die. When I prayed for her, you could see it in the spirit. Now, right there, you say that and people start thinking I'm freaky. You know, you ought to have a pastor that is, is hooked up with the Holy Ghost. And when he prays for you, the Lord might show him something occasionally. Can you say amen to that? And I could see in the spirit she's going to die. I could see that. She's, she's not going to live much longer. The doctor says she's going to die. And long story short, came in the line when I got in front of her because they stood her down there. I started down here because I didn't know what I was going to do when I got to her. So when I got to her, I was just going to pray a general prayer, just general, just generally pray. And uh, when we got in front of her, the discerning of spirits 
1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, went into operation. And, and I knew by the Spirit that a, 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 a demonic power had, had, had gotten hold of her mind. Now, she was a Christian. The devil couldn't get in her spirit, but got in her mind, got lodged in her mind. And it was a lying spirit. And you know what? I'm not smart enough to figure this stuff out or to think this stuff up, but the Holy Ghost is smart. And, and he showed me what it was. And, and you think about a lying spirit. When, when a person with anorexia, you know what I'm talking about, anorexia? That's Karen Carpenter. Remember, she died of that. 33 years old. Wouldn't eat. When they look in the mirror, they can be as thin as olive oil. How many knows who olive oil is? That's Popeye's girlfriend, skin and bones. They can be as thin as olive oil, and they look in the mirror, and what do they see? They think they're what? Fat. Now, that's a lying spirit, isn't it? Now, I'm not saying everybody that deals with anorexia has a lying spirit. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that one girl did. Did you get what I just said? And we took authority over it in the name of Jesus. And immediately it left her. The countenance on her face changed. She began to gain weight, began to gain weight from that hour and is still going strong today as far as I know. Can you say amen? Isn't that wonderful? Now, you see, the church ought to be not a place where you come to get entertained. It ought to be a place where you come to hear the Word of God and where the Holy Ghost is flowing and where people getting healed and helped, you see. Now, we don't see people, we don't have healing services every time. We don't see these things happen all the time. But I tell you what, if you don't ever have them happening in a church, I'd be uh, uh, thoroughly happy to say you're not in a house of God that's ordained of the Lord. Did you hear what I just said? Did you hear? Did you hear that? If you don't ever have anything, if there's never any healing miracles, if there's never any any power of God moving, if you don't ever have it at all, then 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 if we don't have the power of the Holy Ghost, we have nothing more than the loyal ardor of water buffaloes club, like Fred and Barney Flintstone went to. We have nothing more than the than a, a Elks club. Did you hear what I just said? I tell you what, I, I don't want to have a church that's just a Starbucks. If you want coffee, you can go to the Starbucks. If you want donuts, you can go to Krispy Kreme. If you want power of God, come to the house, come to Summit Church. Can you say amen? I don't want the power of God. Well, there's a lot of churches in the area where they don't have the power of God. You can go there and hear a few jokes and a little funny message and they'll have you out in 30 minutes and then you can just, just have your little religious experience. But I, I, I tell you what, I, I, I'm stirred up. I want a church full of the Holy Ghost. How about you? Now, right, right away there, you'll lose visitors. They won't, they won't come back. I remember, I might as well just say it. I, I remember one time I was up here and there's a man standing up here. We've had hundreds of, I could stand, do you understand I could stand here for probably three or four hours and tell you all the things God has, where He's healed people in this ministry. And after three hours, I still wouldn't have exhausted it. I could just go on and on and on and on. But, uh, I remember there was a man standing here. Uh, we, we, back in those days, you, you, you know, you, we line them up, healing. People ought to get hungry for healing again. I'll tell you what. Uh, used to be we'd put healing rally out on that sign and you'd have people show up from all over the community. They, 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 they'd come for healing, you know. You put it out there now, you get hardly anybody coming for it. Uh, I want to see a hunger for, for the healing power of God. This little man came up here and we laid hands on him. He, he, he had had a back injury that he got in high school and, and he was now like 30 some odd years old and he learned to live with the pain, excruciating pain. He was on pain medicine and excru- he learned to live with it. And uh, he came up in, and, and, and so I, just as I went to lay hands on him, I looked over to my right. We had three sections of chairs in those days. I looked over to my 
my right, and there was like, I think there was a, a four or six visitors. And just as I went to lay hands on them, I looked, and they looked at me, and I looked at them, and they looked at me, and it was like, you lay hands on him, we're out of here. I, well, you know what? I'm going to lay hands, I'm going to do what God said do. So we laid hands on him, the power of God hit him, I'll never forget it, he fell under the power of God. Sometimes people fall, sometimes they don't. How many of you know you don't have to fall down to get healed by God? How many of you know most of the falling down? Now, if, you, if you're out of a Baptist church or whatnot, you, you don't know even what I'm talking about. But, but, but among the charismatics and the Pentecostals, you lay hands on people, sometimes they fall down. And sad to say, a big theatrics has been made out of that. You see them on television sometimes, they're knocking people falling down. You know, I've learned this about the power of God. Sometimes it'll knock you down, sometimes it won't. Some of the best testimonies we've had in this church is when I've laid hands on people and they didn't fall, I didn't feel anything, they, I didn't feel any power, I, they didn't fall, we didn't feel a thing, but yet we believed in faith, we didn't feel anything. How many of you know faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, is that right? And, 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 they, and, and we didn't, I didn't feel nothing, they didn't feel nothing, and, and I've had them come back more than once with a doctor's report that is miraculously healed. Can you say amen? Isn't that wonderful? Now we've had people fall down and get healed, we've had people fall down and not get healed. Much of the falling down you've seen is just a theatrical thing. People fall. It's not the power of God at all. It's just a learned behavior. I've laid hands on people some of the most outstanding times when I've seen people fall. There wasn't even an usher behind them to catch them, you know. And the power of God had hit them and they'd fall. And, and, and one time this lady fell down. I thought, I thought, my God, she's dead. She hit the floor. It sounded like a watermelon hit the floor. And, and she got up totally healed and not hurt at all. I remember I laid hands on a guy. He was as big almost as Paul. Bunyan one time laid hands on him he fell now there was ushers behind him I wasn't concerned about him I was concerned about the ushers because he took out the ushers and the whole front row but he got up healed praise God can you say amen isn't that wonderful he got up healed and so I laid hands on this guy with his back problem and no more than I did those four to second remember four or six but they got up they hit the door but he they hit the door he hit the floor <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I've never seen them from that from that hour to this uh, but I know he got up healed by the power of God we were standing at the door and, and the power of God was on him it took him 15 minutes to tell us what would have been probably if, if he hadn't been under the power of God he could have told us that story in probably about a minute it took him about I say fifth, maybe 10 minutes to tell the story and I remember there was a girl there that day about 12 years old now he wasn't the only one helped but but there were others that were healed and helped that day the power of God was in manifestation and I tell you what uh, and, and, and this 12 year old girl I remember she stood there and she was crying and weeping and crying and I said honey what's wrong she said I've never been, never been around anything like this you know that I tell you what that's the kind of experience you ought to have at church the power of God moving where the little kids are, are touched and blessed and helped and and, and, and through with what's going on can you say amen? amen glory to God praise God we've seen all kinds of things and uh, but when you talk about now let's get back these signs will follow those who believe in them. they'll cast out demons they'll speak with new tongues well I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues I believe in that but a lot of people think it's passed away but it hasn't it's still here today uh, next verse and uh, and then notice in verse 18, they'll take up serpents. That's just having power over the devil. They drink anything deadly. That's not talking about drinking poison. What I believe that's talking about there is if you go into some of the restaurants I've been into over the years, 
particularly back when I didn't have hardly any money. You go into some places, you better pray over the food. How many's ever been into one of those places besides me? So I believe if we eat or drink anything deadly by accident or, or you know, then I believe it won't harm us. Amen? You okay? You all right? You okay with that? Just don't, you don't go drinking poison just to prove you're a believer. No more than I'm going to go up on that roof and jump off and, and to prove that I and hit the ground. And, and that, You see, the devil tried to get Jesus to do that. Go up and jump off the temple. Prove you're the son of God. No, you don't do that. Now, if I'm up there shingling, now, if I'm up there shingling, you've got a real bad problem because you're going to have a lot of leaks in that roof. But if I'm up there, because I'm not, I'm not a carpentry man, but if I'm up there shingling and I accidentally fall off, now, that's a whole different thing. You can believe the angels to catch you. But you go up there and jump off that roof just to prove that, you know, the angels are going to catch you before you hit the ground. How many knows you're going to splat? Look like a pancake, you're going to die, and they're going to be holding a funeral service for Pastor Terry. Is that right? But thank God if we, we have the, we have the, the Lord's available to help us, you know, as needed. It will, now, so it will by no means hurt them. And then they'll what? They'll lay hands on the sick and they will what? They'll recover. So, we're going to talk about healing today. Now, I've been doing this a long time, 23 years here at Summit Church. Been in the ministry, dealing with the healing ministry. Seven years before that, around you helping another pastor and whatnot. So 30 years more or less total of, of just preaching the word, ministering the word, flowing with the Holy Spirit in the healing ministry. We've seen every kind of thing you can imagine. Things you shouldn't imagine. Just being in the healing ministry. Now, if you attend here, if you're visiting here. Now, how many of you know it's been a long time since I've said anything about healing? Is that right? So we don't teach on it every Sunday, I, on, on different things, you know. But, but this Sunday, he's got me on healing. It's like we don't say very much about money around here. Uh, and all the needs are met. Isn't that wonderful? But every once in a while, I need to teach on money and teach on tithing and giving, see? And, and, and nonetheless. But anyway, um, I remember I took a blind girl down to the Keel Auditorium to see a certain televangelist and who was a, a healing minister. And he's not on television anymore, but he was on way back yonder. I won't call his name, but, but it's just kind of, a, it's kind of a, a clown and nuts and crazy. And, but anyway, I was convinced that this blind girl was going to get healed, so I took her. I was in high school at the time, and I told everybody, we're going to take the blind girl to the... And she's going to get healed. And so we, get, we took her down there. And long story short, I had a dickens of a time getting her up on that stage. I, I did. It was tough. Uh, the ushers wouldn't let her anywhere near the stage, but I finally pestered him so that we got her up on the stage, and and uh, uh, he he laid hands on her. Nothing happened. She went in there blind as a bat. She left blind as a bat. When I was standing behind her, he asked me if I needed anything, and I and so he said. I, so anyway, he whoo yay, take whatever you need, son. And so I was telling the golf pro about that some days later, and he said, "Well, your putting stroke's really bad. You should have taken a better putting stroke, you know." Well, you won't laugh at anything if you're not going to laugh at that. <clears throat> As I'm leaving the Keel Auditorium with this blind girl. Um, 
I was mad at God. I was kind of almost yelling at God. Has anybody ever yelled at God besides me? Just man, I'm said I'm done with this healing. I don't I don't believe in it. It's just a bunch of bunk. I don't have anything to. If if anybody got healed there at the Keel Auditorium today, I didn't I didn't know it. You know, he claims hundreds of people got healed. I didn't see anybody get healed. You know that televangelist. So there, you know, he said there's 36 healing hearing miracles up in the up in the balcony. And, you know, don't you think if there was 36 hearing miracles up there, don't you think somebody would have screamed out and said, oh, I can hear. Don't you think that? I mean, there's nobody got healed in there. A bunch of, that whole deal was a bunch of silliness. And I, anyway, so, but just because one minister's a fake doesn't mean they all are. Can you say amen? amen? And so, when I'm leaving there, I'm yelling at the Lord. And I'm done with this. Not done with him, but done with the healing ministry. No, I'm back in high school. I'm a senior in high school at the time. And the Spirit of God spoke to my right down, really the first time I'd ever heard him, right down on the inside, the same way he'll speak to you if you listen to him. He said, I've called you to the healing ministry. Now, that's not what I wanted to hear right there then. And that's all he said. And so I grumbled and went on. And so then I got hooked up with a, a good minister on, on the subject, you know. And, and I remember then in the process of time, the Lord healed me of something. And that was wonderful. And then the Lord confirmed to me that he'd called us to the healing ministry. And now we've been in it now 30 years, 23 years here. We've seen, we've seen multitudes of people healed. Now, the Lord said to me years ago, very supernaturally, back, back when I was just out of high school, he said that you'd, that you'd the healing, there'd be a special anointing on you to heal the sick. And it'd be by the multitude. So, of course, you put your own interpretation on it. I saw myself standing in front of multitudes, seeing the masses healed. But it didn't come that way. You know how we've seen multitudes healed over 23 years? Two here, four there, six there, three there, ten here, three there, two there, one here, five here, twelve there, six here, three there, two here, one here, eight there, four here, three there, two there, one here, nine there, six here, four there, eight there, twelve here, one here. And you add those up after 23 years, how many do you have? You got multitudes, don't you? Just so you know, just so you know, and I can only speak for this city, and but I can speak for this country. I don't know if you, in the spirit, there is there is a temptation for ministers like myself who have a legitimate healing ministry. There is such pressure in the spirit to back away from it and move away from it. I don't know if you realize that or not, but there is. But I've just made up my mind. I'm not, I, I, I can't back away from what God's called me to. We've seen too many people helped. We've seen too many people healed. So we need to stick with it. Can you say amen? And I'll tell you, I need to get more hungry for it, but you need to get more hungry for it too. I'm just convinced there's a lot of people that, that, that they've, they've gotten to the point, well, you know, it just doesn't seem like God's healing anymore. No, God's still in the healing business. But you've got to stir yourself up for it. You've got to want it. You've got to, you've got to put a, put, put, you've got to put a draw on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Did you hear me? So one, so anyway. Seen all kinds of things. People argue that God's not in healing, that He's not healing anymore today, but how many of you know He is healing? Yeah. 
People, normally what happens is, is you got the Word of God is here, and you got people's experience here. Or Aunt Ethel here. And Aunt Ethel died. She was believing God and she died. Here's the Word. The Word says that Aunt Ethel was healed. Here's Aunt Ethel's experience. So what's easier to do? Bring somebody's experience up to the Word of God? Or is it easier to water the Word of God down to meet the experience? It's easier to water the Word down to meet the experience. Are you going to talk to me today? or Are you out there? Which is easier? Is it easier to water down the Word or to, or to bring the experience up? It's easier to what? Water the Word down. Well, this don't mean that, and that don't mean this, and this don't mean that, and that don't mean this, and this don't mean that, and that passed away when the last apostle died. And then you've watered it down to meet your experience so you can feel good about yourself. No, I'm not watering the Word of God down. I don't care if Aunt Ethel died. I just hope she was saved and went to heaven. But God is in the healing business. This Word is Jesus made flesh. Jesus is the Word made flesh. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still in the healing business today because He was in the healing business yesterday. And the day before that, He's in the healing business today. He'll still be in the healing business tomorrow, whether you or I believe it or not. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, I've seen people healed. I've seen people not get healed. I've seen people get healed and then lose their healing. Do you know Jesus healed multitudes of people? But do you know that same Jesus left multitudes of people sick? Read John's Gospel account. At the Pool of Bethesda, there were, I think, five porches. The Bible says there were great multitudes of sick people in that place, and there was only one person that got healed, but they all could have. In other places, Jesus healed them all. You'll see why here in just a minute. I'll tell you. Of course, people want to know my position on using doctors. I believe in good hospitals, doctors, and medicines. I said, I believe in good hospitals, doctors, and medicines. I really do. While I'm on it, I'll just throw it in right here so I don't miss it later. King Asa, Old Testament, good king. Army coming against him. A million man army. He seeks the Lord. He shouldn't have won that battle. He wins the battle. Why? Because he sought the Lord. Later on, an army comes against that same king. Instead of, I mean, some years later, instead of seeking the Lord, you know what he did? He hired the king of Syria to take care of the problem for him. Well, what happened was, long story short, things didn't go as well as in that first battle. He should have lost that first battle. It was a million-man army. He should have lost. He sought the Lord, and God gave him victory. Now, there's a much less thing coming against him. He doesn't seek the Lord. But you know what he does? He hires the king of Syria to take care of it for him. And, 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 and it, it didn't go well. And, 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 the, and God sent a prophet to him to rebuke him for seeking the king of Syria instead of seeking the Lord. And uh, the prophet said, uh, you're going to be subservient to the king of Syria. You know whatever you compromise... And you'll become subservient to it. Did you know that? 
He compromised and he, and he became subservient to the king of Syria. And the prophet said, you're going to have to fight battles the rest of your reign as king, which he did. Very sad, isn't it? And you know what? Asa had the prophet thrown in prison. You know when people get corrected by a servant of God, a lot of times they don't want to repent. They just, they just rather throw the prophet into prison. Did you know that? Sad, isn't it? But then, and I'm, I'm way ahead on my notes, but if you're back there in the, in the sound booth, go to that last scripture. Go to Second Chronicles. Go to that. 16.12. Go to Second Chronicles 16.12. I'm totally off my notes. I'm up here flowing by the Spirit of God. This is fun. Glory to God. Second Chronicles 16.12, New Living Translation. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Now this is the same king who, who, who in battle, he, a million man army, he seeks the Lord, God gives him victory. Then later on, a much less army comes against him. He doesn't seek the Lord. I already told you that. But now... Notice what happened in the 39th year of his reign, Second Chronicles 16:12. Asa developed a what? A serious what? Foot disease. Yet even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only, only to his what? Now, is there anything wrong with good hospitals, doctors, and medicines? No. I believe in them. I use them. In fact, when somebody's dealing with a life-threatening uh, uh, ailment, I don't even like to pray for them unless they're hooked up with a good doctor. So you need to know that I believe in good hospitals, doctors, and medicines. But I believe we make a terrible mistake when we turn to the doctors as a first resort. Or we only turn to God when the doctors can't help us. We make a mistake. I believe there's a lot of Christians in that boat that once believed in the healing power of God. But I tell you what, uh, something hits their body and the first thing they think about is, is, is how can medical science help me? Now look, I, I don't have a problem turning to medical science. That's good. That's great. I have the operation. Do it. I'm, wonder, I'm behind you. But let me tell you what, before you have the operation, before you go to the doctor, who should we turn to and consult first? The Lord. You know, a lot of times the Lord will tell you to go see the doctor. Did you know that? He really will. He, 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 he had Hezekiah. Remember Hezekiah had that boil? And, and God told Isaiah to have him put a, a, a poultice or a, some sort of a, a medicine on it. Did you hear what I just said? Sometimes God, you see God, he'll tell you to use a doctor. But you see, the key thing is you need to seek God. Say this, say seek God first. You seek him first. Are you okay? And there could come a day when, 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 when they tell you the doctors can't help you. And then where are you going to be if you've got all your faith in the doctor? I know there's, there's an emergency room in, 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 in this, in this St. Louis area. You go to it, you're liable to go in with a minor ailment. They're liable to kill you. Did you hear what I just said? And I could tell you stories about it. So I tell you what, I'm all for good hospitals, good doctors and good medicines, but we need to seek, say this, say seek the Lord first. Yeah, seek the Lord first. And don't ever let anybody put you down for going to the doctor. I go to the doctor. I mean, we ought to, I go for an annual checkup. If I need something with the doctor, I go see the doctor. But we ought to have more faith in God, you see. Can you say amen? Somebody said, Pastor Terry, why don't you take that healing power and go empty out all the hospitals? Well, God knows there's a lot of people in the hospital. I go to visit people 
And, and I tell you what, it's hard to get a parking spot. If you, have you ever gone to visit somebody in the hospital in the, around midday or whatever? It's hard to find them. There's a lot of sick people. Could use the healing power of God. Go empty out the hospitals. You know, if Jesus was here, he, he, he wouldn't go empty out all the hospitals. But yet that would be his will and his desire. But I'll guarantee it to you, if he went to, just, he went to the hospitals with healing power of God, there'd be people in there to argue with him. Did you hear me? There'd be people in there that got more faith in their doctor than they'd have in Jesus. Like I said, Jesus went to that poodle of Bethesda, five porchfuls of four, sick people, and not a one of the only one of them got healed. Are you catching a hold of this? Are you are you are you interested? Does this interest you at all? What I'm talking about? I mean, if you're not interested in it, if you're not hooked in on it, we can just go home. Is that what you'd like to do? Are you hooked in? Are you are you are you okay? All right. Remember, you're only going to get out of any man of God what draw you put on. So if you're not drawn on it, you're not going to get you're not going to get what's inside of me. See, if you want greater flow of the Spirit of God in these services, you put a demand on what God's put on the inside of me. Put a demand on God, and you'll get more of it out. Did you hear what I just said? Come expecting. Come stirred up. At any rate, I'll go empty the hospitals out with the power of God when you go empty the bars out with the gospel message. Now what's going to happen if you go down to the bar in Fenton there and you go in there and start telling them about Jesus? What's going to happen? More than likely they're going to throw you out. Is that right? Now am I right or am I not? You might get one or two of them saved, but did you hear what I just said? Other people think it's the will of God for them to be sick. It's not God's will for you to be sick. I could stand here for six hours and teach you without taking a break from the Bible one thing after another that it's not God's will for anybody to be sick. You okay? So why are people sick? Well, I'll just give you a couple things and we'll look up a few scriptures. Sometimes it's because sin is in their life. Sometimes, not all the time. Didn't Jesus tell that cripple at the pool of Bethesda, sin no more lest the worst thing come on you? So sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes a person does open the door. They, there's sin in their life and the devil's able to get in there. But you know, it's not always sin. It's not always something you've done wrong. That man born blind. Remember the man born blind in John's Gospel account? The disciple said to Jesus, who did sin that he was born blind? Him or his parents? And Jesus said, neither one of them. Now, now he didn't mean that they've never sinned. He was saying that it wasn't sin that he was born blind. Can you say amen to that? And then what did Jesus do? He made mud. Didn't he? Or he did. He made the mud years before. But then he took mud and he put it on the guy's eyes and he told him to go wash. And the guy came back. Didn't he? And he could see. And then you know what? The religious people excommunicated the guy because he got healed. Did you know religion hates the healing power of God? Did you know religion, I'm talking about man-made religion, hates the Word of God. Sometimes, 
And very often the case is people are sick because it's an attack of the devil. How many of you know the devil's a creep? He'll attack you any chance he gets. A lot of time people are sick because they violate natural law. They don't need the healing power of God. They violated natural law. How many of you know you can't eat Big Macs every day and expect that your arteries not get clogged? Is that right? Yet I've had people, they'll, they'll eat wrong, they'll, and, and you talk to them about it, and they, they don't change, and they want to violate natural law. How about, how, 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 what if I took a hammer and just, boom, whapped my thumb, and then asked you to pray for it? You pray for it, God healed it, and then I took a thumb and whapped it again. Now, at last, you're going to think there's something wrong with that. Is that right? Yet people do things, they violate natural law, left and right. And then they expect God to heal them. I've seen God. He's so gracious. He heals them sometimes. But you know, usually you get them healed once, maybe twice. But then after that, he expects you to use your brain and, and follow natural law. You understand that? And then you've got the aging process. And I understand about the aging process. But you know, Moses was 120 years old. And he was still in just as good shape as when he was a young man. I think Caleb was the same way. So I tell you what, we can walk with God. And we can stay healthy. We don't have to die sick. We can, when, when our time comes and we're up in years, we don't need to die on the devil's terms. We go on our terms. Can you say amen? So what signs follow those who believe in my name? They'll lay hands on the, and they will. So let's, let's just spend a few minutes here on laying hands on the sick. I'm going to talk just for a few minutes here, laying empty hands on empty heads. Empty hands on empty heads. I got that off a good minister. Empty hands on empty heads. Let me elaborate that. What would empty hands be? Empty, empty hands would be the believer laying hands on the sick and they haven't spent time with the Lord. They haven't spent time in prayer. They haven't spent time in consecration or dedication. And they go to lay hands on people and there's no power of God in their hands. What would full hands be? Full hands would be that the believer has spent time with God. They've spent time in the presence of God. They've stayed close to God. They've studied the word. They've prayed. Dedicated, consecrated themselves to the Lord. They come into a setting like this with their hands full of the healing power of God. So do you understand what full hands are? Do you understand what empty hands are? I remember when I was uh, probably about 21 years old, I was attending a church, you know. And, I, and, and the pastor at times would call me up to minister to the sick. And I remember on a certain Wednesday, I goofed off. I, and that whole week, I goofed off. I didn't study. I didn't open my Bible one time. I didn't pray. I didn't study. I didn't do anything. I goofed off. I played golf. I ate. I ate donuts. I did. I just. I watched television. I didn't do anything. I remember I showed up there at that service that Wednesday night, and the pastor called me to lay hands on the sick and, and, and empty hands. And I remember looking in those people's eyes as I went down that line, and I had no. There was no anointing there. I had nothing to give them. And I remember the look in their eyes. 
And I've never let that happen again from that day to this. Every time I've come into a church service from that day to this, I've always attempted to come in with the healing power of God. Full hands. Real loud say full hands. But it is possible to have empty hands. And then let's talk about full heads. What is full head? Empty heads. Well, empty heads. Let me tell you what full heads are. I'd rather talk about full heads than empty heads. Full heads are people who need healing. And they got faith in God. They're looking to God with great anticipation for healing. Their mouth is full of healing. Full of healing. They're doing their best to get in the word of God and quote the scriptures and declare the word of God over their life. They're speaking words in line with the word of God. They do not have a mentality, I'm going to get healed and then I'm going to do my own thing. You know, I've had people come up, they've, over the many years, they come up for healing. And they want, they want to get healed so they can go do their own thing. You know, in the Bible, you see people come to Jesus, they get healed, and then they followed Him in the way and they served the Lord. People that come that just want to get zapped to get healed just so they can do their own thing, see, that's, a, that's, that's an empty head. Did, did you understand what I'm saying? Somebody with a full head would be somebody that after they've had hands laid on them, they commit to stay in the Bible as medicine. I'm impressed with the Spirit of God to tell you this story about a certain man many years ago attended this church. He called a meeting with me. I met him at a restaurant. He told me he'd been diagnosed with bladder cancer. He wanted me to pray for him. I said, well, I certainly can and will right here. But if I pray for you here, I'll just be praying for you in general faith. I said, why don't you wait in the next Sunday or two? I suspect the healing anointing will be in manifestation. Come up. We'll lay hands on you. under the. Now, you better listen to this. Listen closely. Say, I'm listening. And so I said, uh, come up when the anointing's there. In manifestation, we'll lay hands on you. I believe God will heal you. So... Um, he said, uh, "He said, well, I, I, I know you could pray for me here generally, but I'm going to wait. I'll come up. And, and I, it was a week or two. He came up in the healing line. What, what did he have? Does anybody remember? Bladder cancer. Doctors told bladder cancer. They're going to take his bladder out. He's going to have to have, I guess it was one of them bags or something that he's going to have to wear. And <clears throat> so he comes in the line. Laid hands on him. I can't heal anybody. I can't heal anybody. There's no man can heal him. Jesus is a healer. Is that right? No man can heal anybody. So laid hands on him. Power of God hit him. I don't think he fell down. Power of God went into him. A couple of weeks, guess what? He comes back with a clean bill of health from the doctor. Isn't that, wonder, isn't that wonderful? And I've learned something. If you want the power of God in manifestation, when something like that happens, don't 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 ever. Oh well, I prayed for him. The power of God went in. No 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 no. Say it's God. It's God. He's the healer. God heal that man. Now listen closely. Listen carefully. Healed him. And I told him. I said, now you stay in the house of God. Stay stay there regular. Be there regular. And then volunteer. I said, volunteer. You get it. Volunteer. You do something. Find out what God wants you to do it. Well, he came and 
he attended for a while and then his attendance went to to like every other. He was there every other time. And then it went every other skipped, you know. It ever, he'd be there Sunday, missed two, and then there Sunday and missed two, and then, then, then less. And we checked on him and, and he didn't want to be bothered. He just didn't have time to come anymore. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? Now, what I didn't tell you is that when I prayed for him, shortly thereafter in prayer, the Spirit of God said to me that in the process of time, this is going to come back on him. And at that time, you won't be able to get the healing for him. You know, as a pastor, you can get healing for your church members sometimes when their faith isn't there. I've done it. But the Spirit of God said in the process of time, this is going to come back on him. And when it does, you won't be able to get it for him, the healing. But you'll be able to stand with him. And so, a year comes and goes and now he's basically out of church. And guess what? The word comes to me. What do you think happened? Pastor Terry, the cancer's back. The Spirit of God had told me that that would happen. I told my wife. It happened just like the Spirit of God said, didn't it? And so then, we stood with him. And there was great pressure for the people in the church. Some of the people at that time wanted me to pray for him again. What did the Spirit of God tell me? He said, I couldn't get it for him. I could help him, stand with him. So I stood with him. Now remember, this man was healed. What was he healed of? But then in the process of time, less in church, less in church, less in church, less in church. And it comes back on him. Spirit of God said, now when it will come back on him, he said, now he'd be able to get it all right. But he'd have to, he'd have to dig in the word, get it, get, you know, spend time before the Lord. He could get healed. I couldn't get it for him, but he'd have to get it for himself. I could stand with him, which I did. And I remember there was so much pressure on me. People were mad at me because they wanted me to bring him in the line, lay hands on him again. And one night, I remember on a Wednesday night, I was ready to, I was so, I, was, I, I left the pulpit here. I went, I was going to go up to the hospital and lay hands on him. And just as I was going out my office, the swear of the Lord came to me saying, if you go lay hands on him, that which is on him will come on you. You can believe it or not. I know what the Holy Ghost said. So I went up to the hospital, didn't lay hands on him, but I, but I shared the word with him, encouraged him, encouraged him, encouraged him. Stand for yourself. Stand for yourself. This man had been around the things of God for some 20, 20 plus years. It's, he wasn't a baby Christian. I never could. And so about a year after that, I preached his memorial service right here. He went to heaven. How many of you know he didn't have to die, did he? You know, if God heals you, you ought to have good sense enough to stay in the house of God and stay under the Word of God. Is that right? Now, and people get mad at me for sharing this story, but that's just what happened. That's the God's honest truth. You see, you start flowing with the Holy Ghost, you're going to offend people sometimes. How many of you know Jesus called a little uh, 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 lady's daughter a little dog, didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he? Now, you start calling people names, you call somebody a dog, uh, that's going to make them mad. But you call their daughter a dog, that's going to make them double mad. Is that right? 
Now, he wasn't talking about that the girl was ugly. It was that she was a Gentile. But nonetheless, you call somebody a dog, you're going to make them mad. Is that right? How many of you know that lady didn't get offended? She said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And you know what Jesus said for that saying, lady? Your daughter's healed. Isn't that wonderful? You getting anything out of this? Empty hands on empty heads. Now, would you agree with me that if my hands were empty and your heads were empty, we're not going to get a healing? Is that right? Now, how many agrees with that? Real quick, go to Mark 9. Let's read a few verses here. Let me show you the saddest thing in the Bible. Next to somebody going to hell is this right here. It's when somebody comes with a full head to a man of God that's got empty hands. You in Mark 9, verse 14, watch this. And when he came to the, to the disciples, that Jesus had been up on the mountainside. He'd been praying on the Mount of Transfiguration of Peter, James, and John. The other nine disciples had, were not up there with him. When he'd come to the disciples, he'd just come off that mountain. He saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them, my disciples? And one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. So I, now watch this, so I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could, the disciples couldn't cast this demon out. Isn't it sad when somebody from the world comes with a full head and the man of God, or the men of God have empty hands? Isn't that sad? How many would agree with me? That is sad. That's tragic. And he answered and said, O faithless generation. I believe he's directing this at his disciples here in part, mainly at them. It'll bear itself out. How long will I be with you? How long will I bear with you? Bring him to me. How many of you know Jesus got full hands, don't he? Now, you know why he's got full hands? I'll tell you why. See, he, he was the son of God, all right, but he was operating as the son of man here on the earth. You know why he had full hands? He just came down from the mountain. If you want to have power in your life, you've got to be a person of prayer. And they brought him, and they brought him to him, verse 20. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit, the spirit, when they saw Jesus, that spirit convulsed him. He fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long? Jesus said, how long has this been happening to him? He said, from childhood. And oft he's thrown him into the fire, into the water to destroy him. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So if you want to have a full head to receive healing, you need to be a what? A believer. Is that right? Immediately the father child cried out and said with tears, Lord, help my unbelief. And the Lord's so gracious. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. The spirit cried out, convulsed the kid greatly, came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that he said he's, they said he's dead. And Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, he rose, and when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? In other words, why are our hands empty? Why, are, why do we have empty hands? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but what? Prayer. And the and fasting is not in the original, but it's indicating by prayer. It's indicating that to have full hands, you have to have a consecrated life before God. Is that right? Which the disciples were not doing. 
And so we have a case here where we have empty hands laid on full heads and you'll get no results. Isn't that sad? But Jesus' hands were full and when you get full hands on full heads, you get results. Now look at Mark 6. Would you agree with me that Jesus' hands were full? Anybody except my wife and one other person? How many of you would agree with me that Jesus' hands were full? Are you just a bunch of listeners or are you out there or are you gone home? Is Jesus' hands full? Thank you. It helped me tremendously if you'd help me preach here a little bit. Just yes or no or you're ugly or don't don't tell me I'm ugly. But you know what? I'll tell you what right now. God has worked on me over the years. You could call me just about anything you wanted to call me and it wouldn't offend me. Pastor Terry, you've never been offended by a man of God. Oh, yeah? I've been offended more than all you put together times a million. But I refuse to stay offended. I've been called every kind of thing you can imagine. I taught junior high for a lot of years. I've been called every kind of thing you can imagine and things you shouldn't imagine. I've been called all sorts of stuff. But I refuse to be offended. You go into ministry, that's nothing compared to junior high students. I've been called in a, of every kind of thing you can imagine. You do anything for God, you're going to get criticized. But I refuse to be offended, and you need to be the same way. They could call me ugly. They can call me bald. They can call me fat. They call me, they've called me all of it. And you know what? Anymore, it goes in one ear and out the other. Water off a duck's back. I don't care. Jesus loves me, and my wife does, and that's all that matters. Boy, there's a boldness about, about me today. You get the phone with the Holy Ghost, you get bold. Mark the sixth chapter and the first verse. And when he went out from there, he came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is it that has been given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Now, Jesus wasn't just laying on hands on people that had headaches. He was healing mute people. He was healing deaf people. He was healing blind people. He was healing people that were maimed. I mean, crippled people. I mean, all kinds of things. I mean, you know, he put an ear on, on, on Malchus. Remember when they cut his ear? I mean, these are mighty works. But when he went to his hometown, now they'd heard about that he did mighty works. But hearing about something and believing it's two different things. And then verse 3, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? And then they note his brothers and so on. And, 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 and then notice verse 3, at the end of it, they were what at him? They were, they were what? They were, they were, they were offended at him. Do you know a message like this a lot of times just kind of goes over the tops of people's heads until they've been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and they've been given six months to live and all of a sudden they're, 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 they're hanging on every word. Well, I'm going to tell you what, hang on every word before the thing hits you, whatever it might be, and, and when it does come your way, you'll be ready to deal with it. Do you hear what I just said? 
There's too many Christians that are like that man at the beach. Remember that commercial back from the 60s or 70s? That little scrawny man at the beach and the big muscle guy comes up and kicks sand on his face and they take the girlfriend, he take, they take his girlfriend away and the scrawny man at that point goes to the gym and starts doing the, doing the workout. Hey, it's too late to go once the muscle guy has come up and taken your girlfriend. When do you need to go to the gym? You need to go to the gym before the muscle guy ever shows up. Is that right? There's too many Christians. They wait till the devil attacks them. They wait till the sickness has hit them. And then they find the Bible. And then they blow it off and they say, well, the dust off. And they say, what, what, what does this thing actually say? No, you need to get into the Word of God when you're well. You need to seek God when you're young. You need to be hanging on every word while everything's going good. Because I tell you what, there is an evil day. The crises of life come to us all. And when it does, if we'll do what we should have been doing when we didn't need God, then when we need Him, bless God, it'll be a whole lot easier to get through. Can you say amen? Whew, that was, somebody need to hear that right there. That was good, wasn't it? Worth coming to church just for that. They were offended at him. My gosh. But Jesus said to them, A prophet's not without honor except his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. And he could do no mighty work there. Did it say that or didn't it? It said he what? He could do what? He could do no mighty work there. Do we have full hands here? Yes. But what do we have? Empty? And he laid his hands. Look at that. Those full hands of miracle healing power. He laid his hands only on a few sick people. One version says minor ailments and healed them. He couldn't do, he could, he couldn't do any mighty work there. Why? 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 Verse 6. They marveled because of their... He marveled because of their what? But you notice Jesus didn't beat them up. He went about the villages teaching. And what comes by... Teaching and hearing of faith. Isn't Jesus wonderful? And we could go on and on and on. I'm out of time, but let's just close and mark the fifth chapter. You getting anything out of this today? I think we all kind of needed a little booster shot on healing. It's been a long time since I've taught on it, a message on healing. My mama always used to tell me when I was a kid, when I, when, I, when I wasn't behaving or something, she said, what's wrong with you? She said, I think I need to take you to the doctor. You need a booster shot. She was going to always take me to Dr. Eisenbart. I don't know who he was. She made him up. And, 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 and she said, he's got a shot needle about that long, and he's going to stick it in your backside. You need a shot in the backside. It always straightened me up. I never wanted to go see Dr. Eisenbart. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm being a little like Dr. Eisenbart here today. I'm giving you a little booster. We could all use a little kick in the fanny once in a while, including me. Is that right? I'll be the first to admit it. I can use a kick in the fanny once in a while. How many of you know you're never going to advance with God if you've got somebody telling you how, how wonderful you are all the time? Huh? I mean, I mean, we do that a lot, but sometimes we need to have a little... Loving kick in the rear end and and stir ourselves up. Is that right? Mark, the fifth chapter, we'll close here. There was a certain woman who had a flow of blood for how long? That's a long time to bleed. Menstrual bleeding is what this was, dear friends. It's no, you, you just think about sitting there and all of a sudden you look down and you're in a puddle of blood. You clean it up, you sit down, you're in a puddle of blood. You clean it up, you sit down, you're in a puddle of blood. 
This was menstrual bleeding. I'm convinced of it. That's a long time to bleed, isn't it? Couldn't go out in public. She'd suffered many things from many physicians. Nothing wrong with the doctors. I'm all for them. But she'd spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And she'd have really had a dickens of a time if Obamacare had been in place. When <laughs> well, let's don't go there. I do like the not pre, no pre-existing condition thing, though. That's nice. Anyway, let's don't get into that. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Now, do you think she had a full head? I don't mean a full head of hair. You know, was she, in other words, was she anticipating? Was she, was she going after the healing power? Was she going to get to him no matter what? Was there, was there, was there faith about her? Oh, yeah. If I may touch his clothes, I'll be made well. See, that's a full head. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body she was healed of the affliction. So do we have full hands on full heads here? And Jesus, immediately knowing himself, that power had gone out of him. Turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said, well, you see the multitude throwing. Who you say, who touched me? How many of you know that wasn't the only lady? See, I used to think that it was only just a big crowd and people were just bumping into Jesus. You know how you would in a big crowd? That's part of it. But I'm convinced there were other people grabbing at him because they knew if they could touch that garment, something would happen. But I believe there was a lot of people grabbing that garment. It wasn't in faith. Their heads weren't full. Perhaps they just wanted to grab that garment so they could get healed and go do their own thing. I don't know, but I know she's the only one we got record of. Remember when uh, he was teaching in that certain house, and the Bible says the power of God was present to heal, and they couldn't get through to him, that crippled, they tore the roof off, they lowered the guy down. How many remembers that? And, 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 and the power of God was present to heal them all, but only one person got healed. Could it be that there was only one person there that had a full head? That man on the cot. You see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? He looked to see her who had done this thing. The woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him all the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, you're what? Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. Did you ever notice this lady didn't feel first? She had faith first. And she felt later. A lot of people want to feel first and then have faith. It doesn't work that way. You have faith first and then you feel. Did you learn anything today? If nothing else, I hope it stirred you up a little bit. Stand with me if you would. Now, 